Hello and welcome to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. In this series, we're going to be reviewing a sermon from Pastor Jeff Turner. And the sermon series is called The Red Pill, and he uses the movie The Matrix. I like that, being a God Still Speaks Through Jackasses individual as I am. I like the fact that he's using the pop culture to illustrate biblical truths, but we're going to just find out how much on the mark Pastor Jeff is with his approach to this sermon series. As always, I want to thank, uh, first of all, Mr. Greg Mann, who you hear playing so wonderfully behind here on this bump. This song is uh, called Time is Money. You can check out all his stuff on the regular outlets, including iTunes and Amazon. In fact, if you go to the uh, God Still Speaks to Jackass's uh, Facebook site, you'll see a couple of links up there where you can stream the entire uh, tune and take a listen to it before you buy. Yeah, check out Greg Mann's stuff. He is fantastic. Thank you, Greg. Also, thanks to Five Iron Frenzy for the use of their tune, My Evil Plan to Save the World. You can always check out what Five Iron Frenzy is up to at uh, www.fiveironfrenzy.com. Also, thank you to Cody F. Miller for the use of his piece entitled Balaam that serves as the artwork for the podcast. You can check out Cody's stuff at www.codyfmiller.com. And as always, thank you to Gene Talley, my ministry coach. If you're looking for ministry coaching of pure awesomeness, please contact Gene at revtalley at gmail.com. That's R-E-B-T-A-L-L-E-Y at gmail.com. today. When you feel good, when you're having a good day, have you ever noticed how much more you feel God? When you're really on your A-game, when you've been fasting and praying and really been doing good and listening to worship music all day, and your pump is just primed, have you ever noticed how much greater your sense of God's presence is? Is it because God's closer? No, it's not. It's because you feel more worthy to be close to Him. You feel more worthy to be close to him because you think your worth is dependent upon your behavior. And so when you're doing good, you go boldly before him. When you're doing good, you're not afraid to ask him for big things. When you're doing good, you're not afraid to expect his presence. But when you're doing bad, when you've stumbled, when you've fallen, when you've skinned your knee, you're not expecting daddy to show up with a present for you and a smile on his face, and so you hide from him. You run from him. Pastor Jeff is slipping into a very subtle error here. He seems to be suggesting that the answer to all this is to realize that your sin is inconsequential to God. This really negates the need of forgiveness. Forgiveness includes knowing that There is a punishment associated with your sin. And that your sin is covered. If if you offend me in some way, shape, or form, you sin against me, and you come to me and you say, you know what, I sinned against you, and I did this thing. And I say, it didn't matter. It didn't hurt me. There was no consequence to this sin. 
there was no uh, retribution or what. It didn't matter. What you're saying is that is that there's no real sin at all. There's no real offense. There's nothing to be paid back. There's nothing to be made up for. So there is real no. There is really no sin. Also, this doesn't deal with the reality of what people feel as guilt and shame every day in our lives. We all have this. We can keep trying to suppress our conscience and 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 and, and, and cover it over and callous our, our our conscience over as much as we want, or we can do something else. We can let Jesus deal with it. We can come to the place, by God's grace, through His Holy Spirit, that is not of ourselves, to realize that Jesus took care of this. Jesus paid it all. We are sinners. We are damnable sinners of God's law. And we deserve a punishment. Period. Plain and simple. If there's not a punishment associated with the sin, it's not sin at all. If there's not a uh, if there's not a consequence to the law, there might as well not be a law. But Jesus, but God, and I love that. I love those two words, but God, and His mercy and grace and loving kindness says, I will take the punishment upon myself. Pastor Jeff seems to speak of sin like it's some sort of like I said before, vagary or abstraction. Real sin has real consequences to real people. And we also, so many of us like to say God is love. If God is really love, he won't ignore our hatred and our murdering tendencies and our lust and our covetousness and our lying toward our neighbor. For God to do this is to prove himself not, not a God of love, but a God of hate. A God of evil. God does not side with such notions. God sides on the side of righteousness and holiness and everything that that involves. And so sin is out. Sin has to be dealt with. Sin is real it causes real pain, and it deserves a real punishment. Never, he's never further away from you. He's always right there because he says, I'll never turn from you, right? He says, this covenant won't be like the old one where I'll have to turn from you if you misbehave. This one will ensure that I'm always looking at you, that you're... Yeah, right. See how Pastor Jeff put that, oh, yeah, I've had to turn from you if you misbehave. Like it's some flippant thing. Like when I hate my brother in my heart, when I hate somebody else, it doesn't equate to murder. You see. Like it's just misbehavior. Oh, naughty little Johnny made a mistake. No. Sin is real. Sin hurts people. And sin should be punished. 
if God is a loving God. Sin is not just a misbehavior, a vagary, an abstraction on our part. It's something that makes this world the evil place that it is, and I don't think we have to look very far, especially at this point in time, to see the evil which is sin happening in our world. God hates this. God hates sin. And well he should. And well he should. And he hates my sin. And I am forced to my knees to beg for his mercy. And he says, My son, I will take the punishment for your sin. I will sacrifice myself for it. Even though it's egregious and your sins are many, I will take it. It's more than just this misbehaving notion that Pastor Jeff comes across. This is how we look at it in North America. We don't see this egregious sin on its face like we do around the world so often. But some of the pictures are coming through, and I hope we take notice of them. We start to understand that when organizations like the IS are beheading children, that we're just as much of an egregious sinner as those who took the sword to those children's heads. I hope we come to understand this and how much of an, of an offense it is, and well should be, to God. But praise be to God that we are forgiven because of the birth and the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's, it's covered. It's taken care of. This is the message of the gospel. Always with me. Yes, even when you misbehave. Your sin doesn't scare me. Your sin can't frighten me away. I'm not like a... I've heard people talk about the Holy Spirit, and they said he's, you know, because the Holy Spirit, in that one instance, it says he came and lighted on John the Baptist like a dove, which translators don't even really agree if that's what it means. And so I've heard all kinds of preachers say that, well, the Holy Spirit's like a dove. And if you notice something about doves, they're real skittish. And they don't come around everywhere. And if you make a little bit of noise, they'll fly away. And you got to understand, that's what the Holy Spirit's like. He's skittish. He won't just land anywhere. If there's a lot of noise, if there's a lot of activity, he won't frequent those areas. He goes where the, where everything's calmer. And so you better make sure everything in your life lines up and is right if you want the Holy Spirit to come and to remain on you. Because remember what, remember what John the Baptist said? Or I'm sorry, not John the Baptist. I was... I meant to say Jesus. The Holy Spirit came on Jesus like a dove. John the Baptist, you know, the Lord said, him, the one, said to him, the one that you see the Holy Spirit come like a dove and remain on him, that's the one who's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. And so I've heard everyone say, see, doves, they come, but they don't remain. They only remain where, there, where there's a certain environment. And the Holy Spirit came on Jesus like a dove and remained on him because he found a proper environment where he could, where he could remain. Because Jesus was clean and he was pure and he was sinless, so the Holy Spirit could remain. And so they talk about the Holy Spirit like the skittish little bird. Where every time you make a move or something, he's like, <laughs> and then he finds someone else over here who's clean. He's like, <laughs> you know, and then you're over here trying to get all clean. Like, I want the dove back. I want the dove back, you know, and you get all clean and then you're getting over and you're, you get over by this guy who you think's got the dove on him and you're trying to get the dove to get back on you. You know, we call it impartation and stuff. You know, come on, get on me. At least lay an egg on me. Maybe I can, maybe I can hatch him. Okay, come on. You know, we just live these weird little lives trying to, because <laughs> we think God's scared of us when we fall. We think God's just a little wimp who can't handle it. God says, "Listen to me. I'm making a covenant with you. 
that ensures I'll never turn from you. You cannot scare me away. You'll never be without me. Guys, you have never had a day where God's been closer to you than he is right now. And you've never had a day where he's been further from you than he is right now. He's always been as close to you as he will ever be. How close is that? Living in me. How close is that? One with me. I've never lost that. It's never ceased to be. And I've blown it big time on, on day. Have you ever blown it before? Anybody? No, not me. Has anybody blown it? Just be honest. Boast in your weakness for just a moment. I have. And I can tell you, when I've done it, I felt like God left me. But guess what? He did not. It was all in my mind. I was an enemy in my mind because of evil behavior, but it was not true. It was just in my mind. Great time to talk about imputation here. All right. This whole notion of it wasn't God leaving me. It was just in my mind. Right. Uh, One of my favorite preachers is uh, Brian Wolfmuller. He's the pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. And he says it like this. Suppose you're going to a dinner party. And you are charged to bring your meal. And everybody else will bring their meal. But the meal, but the, but the dinner party is between you and Jesus. And so you bring this roadkill. This rotten, stinking, maggot-infested dinner for the feast. And you set it on the table. And Jesus is sitting across from you. And before his plate is, hmm, think of your favorite meal. You know, for me, it would be a, uh, a ribeye. With a huge baked potato and broccoli covered in cheese. That would be the ideal meal for me. And that is sitting in front of Jesus. And this rotting, stinking flesh of a roadkill is sitting in front of you. And Jesus reaches across the table and takes your roadkill for himself and gives you the ribeye. With the big potato and broccoli and cheese. This is the perfect picture of what theologians call, theologians call double imputation. Christ takes your rotting, stinking sin on himself and gives you his righteousness. If Pastor Jeff is right, we... Well, Pastor Jeff is right to say that we can't work our way closer to God. But the reason we can't remains is because of... The the reason we can't work our way close to God is obvious, hopefully by now. But Christ says, you know what, I'm going to take that on myself, on the cross, and suffer that and give you my righteousness, and that is how you're going to get it. has nothing to do with changing your mind, getting your mind right. Pastor Jeff seems to suggest that we don't, we don't really need Christ's 
righteousness here. We just need to get our minds right. And this is totally false according to the scriptures. This is not what the scriptures teach. And I wonder how Pastor Jeff is going to follow up with this. Please tell me that this all does not depend on me getting my mind right about my sin, but depends on Jesus and what he's done. I can trick my mind into believing you're all green, but it doesn't change the fact that you're not. I mean, you can trick your mind into believing weird things, can't you? You can trick your mind into believing you're smelling things that you're not. Someone can get up and talk about something and and talk about food and, and talk about hot bread baking in an oven and show you videos of hot bread rising and you might think you actually smelled it. You didn't actually smell it. Your brain was just tricked into thinking you smelt it. And in the same way, the Bible says we're enemies in our minds because of evil behavior. When you... Okay, when I hate someone in my heart, when Jesus calls this murder, according to Matthew 7, is Pastor Jeff saying that by realizing that this is a sin, that I'm actually tricking my brain into believing that I've done something wrong? I agree that these things do not separate us from God's love since we're in Christ. But my sense of rebellion against God is not a tr- is not trickery of my mind. In fact, the more I try to know God, or, and I, that's the wrong way to say it. The more the Holy Spirit motivates me to know God and walk with Him, the more sensitive my conscience becomes to this sin. This is the very sin that Pastor Death is talking about. Is this is is it? Am I just going crazy here? Is it a sign of my immaturity in Christ? Do I really need to learn to just ignore and suppress my conscience? Because really the truth is, it's a mind trick? <laughs> Thing which, uh, I wasn't even a pay for all of this. I have 20,000 Republic Dactaris. Republic credits? Republic credits are no good out here. I need something more real. I don't have anything else, but credits will do fine. No, they won't. Credits will do fine. No, they won't. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? I'm a Toydarian. My tricks gonna work on me. Only money. No money, no parts, no deal. And no one is a thief or deniper drive, I promise you that. Do something that you know is wrong, you know you do something that you know is immoral, immediately you think you become an enemy, but it's in your mind. It's not real, doesn't change, doesn't change reality. Doesn't change the fact that it's not true. But it's really true up here. And we live mostly by what we think up here than what's in here. God says this covenant, it's unshakable, it's unchangeable. I'll never turn away from you. You know what? So what are what are we talking about with all this revival stuff then? And I'm just being honest with you. What are we talking about with all this revival stuff? Like, we need to get the Holy Spirit to come again. Like, well, if he's been gone for so long, what have we been doing? You know, I mean, we talk about the Holy, like, he's not here, but we need to get him to come. And then you're like, okay, well, he's not here. We need to get him to come. Well, brother, he's just not here in his fullness. He's just not here fully. Like, okay, well... Stop and think about that logically. 
How does that work? I mean, really? Is he just sticking a finger in the door? You know, is he just, you know, he's outside, his finger's in the door. And and if we sing, send the fullness of your spirit long enough and loud enough, he'll slip his hand in. And if we do it even more, then he'll slip in a little bit more until finally he's like, okay, here I am in all my glory. Hallelujah. And now... Yeah, uh, Pastor Jeff is dead on the mark with this. This, this is an excellent observation. And he's right to point out this whole notion of revival is an illusion. And that God is never with us more or less ever. I, that I agree with. It's just this whole notion that God, that, that, that sin is a concoction of our mind. We're just, we just get our minds right. And then we'll understand God's love. We'll understand how God feels or whatever about us. It's great if you want to make that up, but this is not what the scripture teaches. Oh, this is revival, and I'm going to fall on everybody in this place. Get ready. Get them sheets ready to throw over people's midriffs because they're going to be all over the carpet, you know? Because I'm now here fully. Before it was just my finger, then it was my hand, then it was my arm, but now I'm here because you're saying loud enough and you got my attention. What are we talking about? God says, you're in a covenant with me. I'll never turn from you. You'll never be without me. What are revivals then if if the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go? Because aren't there seasons where it seems like God just comes down in power? No, I think there's just seasons where people, their faith is built up and their expectation is built up and they realize how present God is. Listen, I lived through what is historically called the revival and the Brownsville revival. And I can tell you what fueled the revival was the fact that people went there every night with expectation. People went there every night full of faith, ready to worship like crazy people and ready to b- believe God to do anything. If people had not shown up like that and just sat there in the pews with no expectation, with no faith, no desire to worship, and just sat there, I promise you nothing would have happened. Now, this is confusing to me because um, as much as he's talked about um, this whole thing not depending on us, all of a sudden he's talking about revival depending on us with the expectations. And trust me... There is a lot of, uh, boy, the Brownsville, uh, yeah, there's, just look at the Brownsville revival and some of the stuff that went on there. Um, yeah, concocted comes to mind. And again, this is confusing to me from Pastor Jeff to talk about, okay, so none of it depends on us, but at the same time, people are going with expectation. Da, 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 da. Which is it? Is it is it all God, or does it have something to do with our expectations? It doesn't make sense to me. What happened happened because people were expecting things to happen. They made a demand on the presence of God that was always there, and so it happened because. People expected things to happen. They made a demand on the presence of God. Hmm. Sounds a lot like it depends on us. Again, okay, sure. That's how you want to look at it. But confusing, given the background you've just given us that says that it 
God's love or his action doesn't depend at all on us. Which is it, Pastor Jeff? They became aware of it, and then it started moving and started happening. But it, God didn't come closer. And then after five years, he decided, I'm done here. I'm going to go look for another place. Maybe they made too much noise and spooked the dove. They just became conscious of him. After five or six years, you get tired doing meetings every night. And so you start coming with a little less expectation. I mean, that's a long time, isn't it? And then eventually things go back to quote-unquote normal. But he didn't come closer and then draw back. People just became more and less aware of him. Because this is not just my idea. This is not just my personal theology. This is this was prophesied by Jeremiah, amplified by the writer of Hebrews. God covenanted with us that he would never turn away from us. Never! We're like, God's turned away from America because we've broken his commandments. Really? Because last time I checked, America was mostly made up of Gentiles who were never under the commandments in the first place. Really? We're like, God's turned away from America because we've turned from our Judeo-Christian heritage. We've broken the Ten Commandments and God said, I can't be faithful to you anymore. We were never under the Ten Commandments. God's not treating America according to Jewish ifs and buts. Because America's not Jewish. Israel was the only nation that applied to. God didn't hit the road when America sinned. He's just waiting for the church to realize how present he is inside of them. Again, God is just waiting for us to realize. It depends on us, doesn't it? Seems that's what Pastor Jeff is saying. Depends on the man who wills and the man who runs for God to do what God needs to do. But wait a minute, isn't there a scripture? I think it's like, I don't know, St. Paul and Romans, I'm being facetious. Paul says that it doesn't depend on the man who wills or runs. It depends on God has nothing to do with us. This is very confusing because Pastor Jeff started off very strongly asserting that this is all about God and that it is He who loves and does everything. And now all of a sudden it's about us? What, what's going on here, Pastor Jeff? That's promise never to turn from us. Guys, you just I'm, this is really simple. I, I, I understand how simple this is. It's so simple you might stumble over it. This is so simple. This is not just my theology. This is written in Scripture, spoken by the prophets. God's made a covenant with us. He's made it so we cannot screw it up. He has rigged it from the beginning to the end so that we can never mess it up. We'll never be without Him. We'll now just that, be enemies in our mind. Now, that I agree with. We, we cannot screw it up. This is all dependent on God. But again, it becomes a very confusing message. Who, who, who does it depend on? Us or God and his promises? Like you said, I, I so appreciated the, the, the statement that Pastor Jeff made about the promises of God and how they can be relied upon. And now it's this, he's bringing this confusion in about somehow it depends on our us and our expectations and our right mindset. This seems to be a theme throughout this sermon. Having the proper mindset. Let me tell you, friends. God acting, if it depended on our proper mindset, God would never act in this world. God would never interact with us. But praise be to God, it does not depend on our mindset or our thinking. 
as Pastor Diff seems to be suggesting in this sermon. Maybe for seasons, but will never actually be without his presence. You have never had a dry day since you've been a believer. Never. You're like, oh, I've gone through a dry season. No, 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 you just had a dry season up here. You were an enemy in your mind for a season, maybe because of evil behavior, or maybe because of exhaustion, or something else, but you were never really in a dry season. I've gone through what I thought were dry seasons. I now realize I was to blame for said dry season. I can look back at every dry season, quote-unquote, in my life. I can look back at it and pinpoint where and why and how it started. It started with me drawn back a little bit, me getting tired, me stopping, you know, me just kind of losing focus and losing consciousness and slipping into a life where I just, you know, I can see where everyone started. Hear what he's saying? Me. Started with me, 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 me. Had nothing to do with God. And me. Yeah, I, it's, this is... Hey, Pastor Jeff started this sermon off so wonderfully. And so many things that I... I he said, I, I appreciate. But now he's turning to this me. Depended on me. It was about me. My dry season. Me and my... And this and my feelings. When... I wonder if Pastor Jeff would have just relied upon the Holy Scriptures for his assurance. Say, well, it doesn't matter what me and my and my feeling and this and that and my does. No. God is faithful. And that's it. According to the Holy Scriptures. He pointed this out many times and now he's talking about this me and mine. This is a, this, he, he's making his, his sermon very confusing here at this point, in my opinion. Thank you for listening to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us at discussion at godstillspeaksthroughjackasses.org. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash godstillspeaksthroughjackasses. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle there is at JesusJackass. Please rate and review the cast on Stitcher and iTunes. That helps us quite a bit there as it gets us a little higher on the playlist with those folks. And tell your friends about the cast, especially if you're a little shy about sharing the gospel. Plus that... Your friends will laugh when they hear you say, God still speaks through jackasses. I may fold their brows, deep and furrow brows, uncanny and so clever, it's our newest plan ever, got tired of whining. All third-party material is used under the authority of the Copyright Act of 1976, 17, Section 107, Fair Use.
心为他。